Welcome to the Sharing Life Ministries Sermon of the Week. We hope that you were blessed by this message from Pastor Lawrence Romali. Good morning. It has. It has a wonderful day. And this message has been coming for a while <laughs> because of snow and, and then the week when everyone was sick. And, and, uh, but it's still timely in that it's the beginning of a new year. And it's a time to, to look back. It's important. It's a time to look forward more important and to know where we're at Uh, as pastor susan said you know she invited people come up who are you who are you and and to know who we are we we have to do a little bit of self-assessment we have to do a little self-assessment so here we are that the new year is already two weeks old i mean it it just flies the days just fly by but you know, it's, it's 2024, there's new um, concerns, there's new opportunities, there's always some problem going on in the world, always something. You know, it, I was thinking about it, it seems just <laughs> like yesterday that the whole world was all worked up about the year 2000 and how everything was going to stop. No banks, no electricity, no food. I know a a church that stocked up on dried foods, canned things, and water. Lots and lots and lots of water. And they put it in two big storage units um, just to be prepared. Well, they forgot about it. And just a year ago, somebody thought to say, why are we paying for these two storage units? What's, what's in them? And they went and they looked and there's 20-year-old water and food that they had been storing for all this time. Well, it, it made sense at the time. <laughs> but there's always something that we can be doing that about. Always something that we can be overly concerned about that are really opportunities to trust in the Lord. What is he going to do? And, and I don't say that as a criticism because the way my mind works, maybe it's my unredeemed self works, is when a problem arises, I think three, four, five, six steps ahead as to what might go wrong how it might be fixed, what to do. So I'm as guilty as anybody of doing those things. And oftentimes in the midst of that, God just steps in to what seems like I get to step four and think, "Mm, this isn't going to work. And he steps in and goes, boop. Oh, oh. well, thank you. Thank you. And I see that often. It needs to remind me to quit thinking so far ahead and just go to him. 
Just go to him and trust him. We survive an awful lot. We look back on our lives. We all have survived a lot. And we will survive. We might get dirty. We might get bruised. We might get some scars. Right, Dave? A couple back there? (laughs) (laughs) Yep, not going to do that again. (laughs) That didn't go as planned. But we survive. And we survive because survival... Survival truly relies on God. Whether we believe in him or not, survival uh, relies on God and God alone. God controls all things. Sometimes we look and we think, where's God? What's he doing? But he's holding it all together. He's holding it all together, whether we know it or not. Is the screen supposed to be lit up, Jen? It's not. Ah. There we go. Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 and 17 says this. Paul is speaking of Jesus. He writes this. For by him, Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Jesus created it all, he controls it all. We need to remember that. We need to remember that. So when we see the chaos in different parts of the world, Jesus is holding it all together. Imagine what happens when he stops doing that. There will come a day when it's done. Wow. Jesus created you. He created me. He created this planet, all that's in it and on it. He created time. Think about that. Jesus created time. Hours, days, months, years. It's beyond our imagination to think about living without time. Much like air and food, we need time in order to survive. Time guides our lives. Tells us when to to plant, when to harvest, when to sleep, when to wake up. If, if we don't sleep like we're supposed to, well, then we're not going to wake up when we're supposed to. If, if, and there are consequences to that. If we don't plant at the correct time, we won't be able to harvest. 
because the seasons are obedient to God. The seasons are obedient to God. Perfectly obedient. Time serves God. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, we read this. For everything there is a season, a time for every matter under heaven. There's times, there's seasons. God appoints them. He controls them. He uses them. And so if time belongs to God, and if time has been created to serve God, just as we have been created to serve God, then I want us all to pause and look at our lives as time enters into a new year. Consider your life. We do this, we all do this in other areas of our life. The whole world does. The whole world does. They stop and they consider. Magazines have their man or woman of the year. Newspapers have a a year in review issue recounting significant events that took place over the previous year. You receive year-end statements from credit card companies and your bank. Your employer sends a a year-end statement of earnings because the government uses the end of the year to review the taxes you have paid or owe and determine what you'll have to pay in the coming year. We take time at the end of the year to, and the beginning of the next to look back at our health. Perhaps we go on a diet, join a gym, buy some exercise equipment. Perhaps we think about our job. Are we growing there? Is there room for advancement? If we have saved some of our earnings, we might look at how it's invested. Did my investments perform as I expected them to, or do I need to make some changes? So whether we're looking at our bathroom scale or our bank balance, a new year is a time to examine and to reassess. And if we do that with the temporal things of life, how much more should we examine and reassess our spiritual lives? Because our spiritual investments will last and pay dividends forever. Forever. The decisions and the priorities that we make in this life will affect us for all eternity. All eternity. So it doesn't make sense, so doesn't doesn't it make sense to, to take some time and review where we are? When you, you look at your health, you schedule an appointment, you get a checkup, some blood work, perhaps some other tests. When you look at your finances, you sit down with your financial advisor and you listen to his or her advice. What should I do? Well, as you look at your spiritual life, sit down and spend some time with the Holy Spirit. He's our counselor. When you need expert help, you go to an expert. There is no one more expert than Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, we read this. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. All. 
and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Holy Spirit, the helper. Some translations say the counselor. He will teach you all things. All things. Not some. All. So we can come to Holy Spirit with our questions, seeking to know what God would have us do. And as we go to him, this is a warning here, as we go to him for counsel, it's important that we go to him already having decided to be obedient to what he tells us. Not based on the counsel, but based on the truth that Holy Spirit is God. And that, that may sound strange, but many people, even those who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ, seek advice but don't really want it. They want affirmation. They want to hear, yep, you're doing great, keep doing what you're doing. If they receive uh, direction or counsel that doesn't line up with what they really wanted to do, well, they quickly run away. They quickly run away. So I want to encourage you to sit down with Holy Spirit as we begin this new year and earnestly seek direction. And if you have trouble hearing Holy Spirit's voice, then include someone in the conversation with you that already hears his voice that can help you to listen and learn to hear. Not hearing for you, but teaching you how to hear for yourself. That's really important. Sometimes we just want someone to do it for us. But learn how to hear his voice. So here are some conversation starters as you review your year with God and look forward to a full 2024. First, Lord, I don't hear your voice like I would like to. Let this be the year that I come into such an intimate relationship with you that yours is the only voice I hear. The voice that we obey quickly becomes the voice that's loudest to us. Hear that. The voice that we obey quickly becomes the voice that is loudest to us. Often we, we confuse other voices with the Holy Spirit because we want them to be Holy Spirit. Sometimes the enemy has a louder voice uh, as he causes us to dis, uh, disobey God or not trust him. Sometimes our flesh is the louder voice. We can so badly want to do what we want to do that we convince ourselves that it's God that we're hearing and not our flesh. That's when it's so important to be in the word of God. Ask yourself, does what I hear line up with the word of God? Discipline yourself to be in the word and to quiet yourself and listen. Ask yourself, do I hear God's voice more clearly than I did last year? Am I seeing growth? And if not, 
Dig in. Dig in. Learn to listen. Choose to obey. Proverbs 3.6 says this, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. It's from the ESV. The NLT says it this way, Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. Two, perhaps there's sin or disobedience in my life that I want gone, but I don't know how. Ever been there? I don't know how. Your word, Lord Jesus, says that you provide a way out. And I want this to be the year I am finally done with it. I'm finally free. Sometimes we live with sin, disobedience, rebellion in our lives, and it just seems impossible to get away from it. But we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that that is not true. It says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape so that you may be able to endure it. What's true is not that we can't, but what's true is that we see a benefit in our sin. We have an affection for our sin, or we really don't trust in God's power and love We don't trust that he has a better way for us. We don't trust him. Trust in God to get you back into his will, to get you back on his path. Three, I believe that there is something that God is calling me to do, but I haven't pursued it because I feel afraid or I feel inadequate or disqualified. Lord, I want to finally walk in your calling upon my life. And number four is like it. I know the call upon my life, but I've chosen sin over my calling. This is the year that ends. Help me, equip me to do that. In Ephesians chapter four, we read this. I, this is Paul, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Paul calls us to walk in a manner or a way that's appropriate to the calling which we've been called. First of all, it's to be sons and daughters. Walk in a way that's appropriate. Do you want to reflect Christ? 
Do you want to succeed? Paul says that that requires humility, gentleness, patience, treating each other in a gentle way, in a loving way. Living in unity with other believers. Too too often we either don't want to walk in our calling or we won't walk in our calling. Or we live lives disqualifying ourselves from our calling through our rebellion and disobedience. Let that end this year. Number five. My praise and worship of you, Lord, is lifeless. I desire to grow in my praise and worship this year. Sometimes we seem to get bored with God. We think, oh no, not me. But it's true. We can't even get out of our seat when we worship him. But take me to a ball game or even put it on TV and I'm on my feet every time my team makes a big play. This should not be. Should not be. In Psalm 95, we read this. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs and of praise. Joyful noise. He doesn't call upon us to perform for him. He calls to come and to worship and to praise him. To worship is to give our highest praise and greatest affection. And we all have something that we worship and we praise. Everyone does. But this year, make it God. Cry out to Holy Spirit. Teach me to worship as you ought to be worshipped, Lord. Remind me again of my need for salvation. Remind me again of what you rescued me from. Remind me again of who you are. Make me a worshiper. Place words of praise upon my lips. And number six. Lord, show me where I need to grow. And then grow me. Make me more like you. In Galatians chapter 5, we see the fruit of the Spirit. And that's a great place to start in this work. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So look at this list and ask Holy Spirit, in what areas do I not reflect who you are? In what areas am I not bearing fruit? This, this isn't a menu that we pick three. They should all be there. They should all be there. Fully. Number seven. My prayer life is weak and self-focused. Do your prayers typically start out with a list of your wants or your needs? Is your prayer time more of you talking and expecting God to listen than God speaking and you listening? And what is more important to you? Your list of wants 
or God's direction and instruction. And yes, God, uh, prayer is an opportunity for you to speak to God. But more importantly, it's an opportunity for you to hear him speak to you. Romans 12.12 says this, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Constant in prayer. That means we're in constant communication with him. A healthy prayer life becomes from a healthy relationship with God. Don't think that you can walk in rebellion and disobedience and have a healthy prayer life. Sin always affects relationships. This is true with both God and man. Sin always affects relationships. So this is not an exhaustive list. Perhaps there's, there is someone that God's calling you to forgive or a relationship to restore or a deeper level of faith and risk for you to enter into. I expect that Holy Spirit is already bringing something to mind for each one of you. Don't ignore it. Embrace it. Get after it. Get after it. God is calling you deeper. He's calling each one of us deeper. And we can always go deeper with God. Always. Do you want that? Do you want that? And when God calls us deeper, there's typically something that has to go. Something that is blocking your relationship from going to the next level. Something we're holding on to. Something we're trusting in that isn't trustworthy. We often say that we want more of God but we're hesitant to pay the price. So let this be the year that nothing, nothing is more valuable to you than your relationship with your Lord and Savior, Jesus. Nothing. Thank you for listening. Sharing Life Ministries is located at the Life Center, 48 West 2nd Avenue, Ridgely, West Virginia, or follow us on Facebook.